In today's episode, we answer another question from Maureen Pound. When do we continue on our strategy, our journey when it comes to investments? And when do we cash in and change the strategy? Hey, Carl, Maureen again. Um, I have four investment properties and land in Vanuatu and I want to build on Vanuatu but I'm maxed out and I'm trying to work out whether I should sell one of the properties. Um, I've had it about 20 years and, you know, at what point do you continue with the strategy and at what point do you sell your properties to do other things? Thank you so much for your questions, Maureen. Really appreciate it. So. This is an interesting one, and firstly, I just want to state that I am not a financial advisor, and I am in no way going to give you personal advice about what specifically you should do in this situation. I encourage you to go and seek your own independent financial advice, You know, talk to accountants, lawyers, financial advisors to really review your personal circumstances. But I will give you some of my thoughts when it comes to when do we continue on our strategy, our journey when it comes to investments, and when do we cash in and change the strategy? Because I believe that you should be reviewing your strategy at least annually. Every year, you get to the end of the year or financial year or whenever you want to track this and you go, okay, how have our investments performed? This is the strategy that we've been working on. What is the landscape, the global economic landscape or the local economic landscape of where you're investing? look. And based on that, do we need to shift gears in any way? And it doesn't mean you do, but you just at least stop and ask that question. And so when I'm looking to review my strategy, here's some of the key things I'm looking at. Firstly, I'm looking at what's happening on the, on the macroeconomic level, what's happening on the global scale. I'm then looking a little more closely at the elements like, you know, I've got property over in Western Australia. So I'm going to look at well, what's happening in the area, those particular suburbs to see if there's anything I need to be aware of. If I'm not looking at it, because personally I'm not going to, I reach out to my advisors who manage that to go, hey, what do I need to know about the area? So what I'm then looking at is what is the annual return that I'm getting from an investment? I'm looking at the cash flow and the capital. You know, some investments provide cash flow and capital. Other investments are purely capital and other investments are purely cash flow. So looking at what is the annual return each investment is giving both in dollar terms and in a percentage return term. And then I want to look at, well, what are my opportunity costs? You know, what other opportunities have come my way or are in front of me right now? And by continuing, so let's say, for example, by continuing to hold an investment that maybe is returning 6%, right? It's got a 6% return once you combine cash flow and capital. Maybe that's what it's done and seems to be tracking to continue to do. And I've got an opportunity in front of me that I'm fairly confident that I could achieve 12%, let's say. There is an opportunity cost there. If I choose to keep that asset that's doing 6%, which means I then don't take the opportunity to make 12%, then there is a 6% difference, right? 6% difference that I am losing out on. There's an opportunity cost. Now, you've got to remember though, when you are disposing or cashing in an asset, there are going to be you know, taxes to pay. There's going to be 
you know, costs as well, like brokerage costs or whatever else as well as taxes. So you need to n- not just purely look at those, okay, here's my opportunity cost with the investment, but then what are the actual costs in cash that I'm going to incur to get rid of this asset as well? So you, you can't just purely go, okay, well, this one's returning 6%, this one will get me 12%. You might find once you do the numbers of, you know, selling your other asset and then getting this new asset that once you do all that math, that 12% actually is only 8%. Once you factored in all that cost in the first year, but if you know it's going to be twelve percent every year, that two percent in one year might be worth it for then the twelve percent year on year after that. So I'm looking at my annual returns. I'm then looking at what are the opportunity costs. What am I missing out on by holding these assets? If I had that money in cash, what would I do differently? And then always, always, it's got to come back to what is your goal? You know, is it a certain amount of income that you want coming in? Is it growth that you can leverage? You know, is it is it equity in an asset that you can then draw on to continue to build more assets? Like, what is your actual long-term goal that you're striving for? And from there, again, when you're placed in a situation where you've got an opportunity and you're like, do I get change strategy to work towards that opportunity? You come back to your goal. What is going to get you closer to your goal? Is keeping your asset going to keep you closer on track to your goal or is changing tact and doing this other thing more going to get you closer to that income goal you have or the net worth goal that you have or whatever your goal particularly is. So always come back to what is your goal. Investments are there to serve a purpose, to serve a goal. They're not there just to accumulate and accumulate without a use. So come back to what is that use? What is the reason? So that's kind of what I do when I'm looking at reviewing everything. Go, what's the goal? Has it changed? How are we tracking? I'm looking at all the numbers you know, net worth, I'm looking at cash flows, everything. I'm looking at the annual returns, I'm looking at opportunity costs. And then from there, I'm going, okay, do we stick to the current strategy or do we shift strategy? And if so, where? And if I'm not quite sure, I will seek out advisors and I'll talk to them and go, okay, here's my situation. Here's where we're at. Here's my opportunity. Ask me questions. What am I not thinking about? Uh, Just to make sure that I'm, you know, covering all my bases. I then want to touch on one of the things you said that you, you said you're maxed out. And so I'll just touch on that. If you ever hit this max out, I'm assuming you're talking about your ability to lend from the banks. I'm assuming that's what you mean when you say you're maxed out. If you're maxed out, then what you may need is a better mortgage broker. Obviously, I don't know your financial situation, but if you've got a really good financial broker who knows how to work with all the different banks and how to structure it right and select the right lenders, you may find that what you believe is currently maxed out, if you shifted and changed the structure of how you've borrowed, as well as who you've borrowed from, that you may all of a sudden find that you are not maxed out. There's a lot lot that goes into this, like a lot of mistakes that investors, especially in Australia make, but I'm sure it's global, make where they, they just go and grab the nearest, closest mortgage broker, the person who could help them buy a house to manage their investment loans. And that's a very dangerous place to, to play because if you're, you know, the typical mum and dad who's just buying a house mortgage broker, that's really simple and easy. But if you're an investment loans and you're building an investment portfolio with debt, the way you structure it, the way you own certain assets is really important to ensure that if you structure it right, you can minimize or even avoid hitting that maxed out ceiling. So um, definitely seek out some other mortgage brokers and get their advice, ideally ones who specialize in investments and not your typical mum and dad lenders. I would also then say that if you're maxed out with the traditional banks, that usually would be a reflection more on your income. And so that may mean that a number of your assets are not income producing from a cash point of view, 
They might be growing in asset value, but they're not providing the cash to create serviceability. And so what you could then look at is outside of your investments, are there other ways that you could grow and increase that income, which would give you more serviceability? You know, if you can add another $100,000 a year into your income, you might find that that's opened up a significant amount of extra borrowing power for you. So look at your business, look at other things you can be doing to shift that and, and provide a better income for the banks. The last thing I'll say about being maxed out is if you are maxed out by the traditional banking sector, it doesn't necessarily mean that you still couldn't get money. You could get some private income from investors. You could also find other non-bank lenders out there who would be willing to take a punt with you, or you can get people to partner with you in your project and you could raise capital. So there are other ways to get money, even if you are maxed out. So hope that's helped answer your question. At the end of the day, what point do you continue with this strategy and what point do you cash in to do other things? That comes down to you. What's your goal? What's the opportunity cost? What's your current annual returns? How does that all come together? It's a really good idea if you've got any form of investments, at least, at least once a year, sit down, review your position, review your strategy and go, is this still the course that I want to continue on? And if not, you can adjust course, you can make shifts and changes. But always remember, if you're going to cash in on an asset, there's going to be uh, capital gains tax, there's going to be some costs to involved to sell or to dispose of those assets, as well as to acquire whatever the other asset is. So make sure you're factoring those costs in, those change costs, as well as just the, the overall returns of the different opportunities. Hope that's been helpful. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs Rising. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. I appreciate your time and look forward to connecting in future episodes. If you would like show notes or any resources from today's episode, you can find them at rising.show. Rising.show, you can find show notes for this episode and all other episodes, as well as links to socials and the ability to reach out and connect with me, make your suggestions for future episodes. Until next time, keep up the journey.